the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oftentimes, you will hear the worship leader or somebody up on the stage say, let's give our praise to God. And therein, we think we understand the purpose of worship. But do we really? If we really did understand the purpose of worship, I honestly believe we'd give more attention to it than we do. We'll find out all about this next on Abounding Grace. I think if we're honest with one another, we tend to struggle with worship from time to time. Maybe it's the song we don't like, or the music selection, or the way it's sung. And we tend to ascribe much more to the word worship with music than anything else. We're looking at the purpose of worship today, and as we do, we come to a clear understanding of what worship really is. We're in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 today. That is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner. As we continue our series on worship, here's Gary with today's Abounding Grace. Revelation beginning, verse 1, chapter 4. And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, And one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices... And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a seat of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face of as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the fourth Four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are are and were created." And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book to loose the seals thereof? 
And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look upon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and, and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. May God bless to your hearts and to your minds the reading of his holy and infallible word. What a magnificent portrayal of a worship service in heaven. I sincerely hope you saw a glimpse last week of my passion for worship. Last week I said worship is to be our ultimate priority, for it was and is the primary concern of God. Now that is such a foreign notion to us, that God does everything He does for Himself, for His worship. But until we get that entrenched in our minds, we will never completely understand the concept of biblical worship. In Ezekiel 36, God says, I am not acting for your sake, O house of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name. Everything that God does, He does for His sake, His glory, and for the sake of His holy name. God is primarily concerned with His glory first and foremost. In fact, you were saved so that you could worship Him Alright. Secondly, we saw that worship is the primary concern of Christ. When disciples asked him to teach them to pray, the very first words out of his mouth were, Hallowed be thy name, our Father who art in heaven. The hallowing of the name of God was the primary concern of Christ. 
Thirdly, we saw that it is the chief employment of the inhabitants of heaven. As we just saw in our reading, this is what the saints and the the, uh, angels and the elders spend all their time doing, praising God and worshiping Him according to the perfection of His nature. We saw that the worship of God is also the mark of a justified man. And we saw that the first response, that it is the first response of a regenerate heart. Fourth, worship is the essence of the gospel message, as we saw in Revelation 14. Now, any of these things alone should be enough to show us that that which motivates God, God's glory and His namesake, ought to be that which motivates us. Any one of these principles should be reason enough to worship God. But the question of why should we worship God may still be lingering in your mind. Well, there are three reasons. And the first is that God ever and only gives one reason for all that he does. I'd like you to turn, if you would, to the book of Exodus chapter 3. And you'll see a theme there that starts and permeates the entirety of God's Word. Exodus 3.13. As you listen, keep in mind, this is the answer to so many of our why questions. Why does God allow this? Why does God ask us to do that? Why does God command us to do anything? Look what Moses said in verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Now that seems like a peculiar question. What do they mean, what is his name? Moses brings this up because the Israelites did not recognize Moses' God was the only one true God. Okay, your God sent you. What was the name of your God? We have a number of gods over here all lined up. Which one are you talking about? So what's God's response? In verse 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. None of this name stuff. God says, You call me I am, which is derived from the verb to be, because everything that exists gets its derivation from God who is life and who is existence itself. One of the characteristics of God is that he is a the self-existent one. He alone is God. So when they ask who sent you, you just need to tell them, I am has sent you, says God. Now turn over to Exodus 20, where God lays down his moral law in the Ten Commandments. I want you to notice how he begins his recitation. Verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. 
This is not just good, trivial information, brothers and sisters. The basis for God's moral law is the fact that he is God. So you could read the passage this way, I am the Lord, therefore you shall have no other gods. He says, don't worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord, am your God. And throughout Scripture, he keeps reminding us who he is. And from Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, through Exodus chapter 29, verse 46, God gives rule upon rule, instruction upon instruction, and law upon law. And he gives us no reason why we should obey until the last verse of chapter 29. He says, don't do this, don't do that, you shall do this, this is the way I want this to be done. And then verse 46 of chapter 29, he says, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. That is all the reason God gives. This is the reason God gives time and again for what he commands, simply that he is the Lord our God. Now turn to the book of Leviticus chapter 1. In Leviticus 1.1, God starts off with his laws, rule upon rule that we are to obey, and he gives no reason for our obedience until you get to chapter 11 and verse 44. And he says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves. Why are we to keep these laws? Why are we to do what God commands? Why are we to be holy? Why are husbands to cherish their wives? Why are wives to submit to their husbands? Why are we to tithe? Why is homosexuality an abomination? God says, here is the answer to all your questions. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. And that is all the reason that he gives. In this passage... God demands consecration and holiness for all of his people. Look at the second half of verse 44. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 45. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. That is the reason. So God simply demands that we obey and honor and reverence and worship Him because He is God. It is that simple, brothers and sisters. God is always the reason for everything that He commands. But let me show you further. Turn to Leviticus 18. This is just not the one time that God brings this out. The theme goes on and on throughout the Scriptures. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. And because of that, ye shall do, you shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt where you live. Verse 4, Ye shall do my judgments, and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. 
Look at verse 5. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. Why? I am the Lord. That is the only reason. So in verses 1 to 4 and 5, he says, I am your Lord. He goes through and enumerates a few more of his laws, and he says in verse 30, Therefore shall ye keep my ordinances, that you commit not any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourselves therein. Why not? I am the Lord your God. Look at chapter 19, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. Why not? I am the Lord your God. Then throughout the chapter, God gives Israel laws on all the facets of life. And at the end of each law, he gives the reason why he expects it to be obeyed. I am the Lord your God. So we are to worship God because he is God. And we really need no other reason. But he gives us another. Because he deserves it. Turn back to Revelation 4. And I hope you see, if you saw nothing else, as we read those verses, that Christ is worthy of our worship. In verses 1 through 11, we see a beautiful scene in heaven. And in verse 8, we see the creatures begin to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And in verse 9, the creatures give him glory and honor and thanks. And the four and twenty elders worship him and cast their crowns before his throne. And then in verse 11, note the very first thing they say as the basis for their eternal worship. It is the worthiness of Christ to receive our worship. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Christ's worthiness is the basis for our worship. In chapter 5, verse 2 and 3, comes the question, who is worthy to open the book? In verse 3, no one is worthy. And in verse 4, no one is worthy. But in verse 5, we read, Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, Christ, hath prevailed to open the book. Christ alone is worthy. No one else has his power. No one else is worthy to be the object of our veneration. But look at verse 9. And they sang a new song. Well, what was the first word? Thou art worthy. Verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. I find it very interesting that back in the book of Malachi in chapter 1, verse 14, God makes this statement about why he is to be worshipped. He says, For I... I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Here in Malachi, we actually have corruption that has taken place in the worship of God. The Israelites 
were not giving God his full tithe. So Malachi says they were corrupting their worship. So what is God implying here? He is implying that he is a great king who was highly esteemed by the nations, except among my own people. Is that us? I pray not. We are to reverence God because he is God. And as God, he is worthy. Therefore, he deserves our reverence. Back in 2 Samuel 22, 4, it says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Now turn to Psalm 29, and we'll begin with verse 1. Very, very important passage when it comes to worship. Psalm 29. Give unto the Lord. Now some translations say ascribe. But it means to credit or to proclaim. Give, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. And then we are told how we are to worship God. In the beauty of holiness. It is the purity of the worshiper that makes our worship acceptable to God. And the essence of worship is the giving of verses 1 and 2. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Now it is very interesting that the word worship comes to us from the old English word worth-ship. It literally means reverence tendered based upon the worthiness of who it is given. Now that brings us up some very interesting questions. But first, the great American Puritan Jonathan Edwards said, Our obligation to love, honor, and obey any being is in direct proportion to his loveliness, honorableness, and authority. Do you see the logic there? The more lovely a thing is, the more we are to love it. The more honorable a thing is, the more we are to honor it. And the more authority it has, the more we are to obey it. It is one thing to obey your local crossing guard. You do have an obligation there, but the main obligation, of course, is to the children that are crossing the street. Our obligation is greater to the chief of police even greater to the Attorney General, and greater still to the President of the United States. Now, when we think of that, we think of it on a human level. But try to think of it in terms of we as humans and God. We are to give Him our ultimate allegiance in all things, because He alone is worthy of it. Now, think of a courtroom for a minute. The judge comes walking out of his chambers to take his vaulted seat. And what are those seated in the courtroom called to do? Rise out of respect for the judge and his authoritative office. At a presidential press conference, when the president enters the room, the press corps stands up out of respect for the office, even if they don't respect the person in the office. It's an act of courtesy. They may hate the man but they respect the power of his position. 
Well, did you know in the Old Testament when God's word was read, all the people stood because his word is a symbol of his power and authority. That is why we at Reformed Heritage Church stand when scripture is read out of respect for the powerful, holy Word of God. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Dot org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are two in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.